How much grace have you collected so far? You think that you've collected enough that this year is, is made for you? Have you really collected enough of this grace? Your grace you take, you take, you receive it yourself. You, you take it, you, you collect and make use of it and let it work for you. All right, so I really um, encourage you that, um, you know, when you're given such um, instructions by the Spirit of God, you go and um, do the right thing. You know, the book of Romans really it contextualizes grace and, and righteousness. The reason I believe the Spirit of God said you need to go and, and um, 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 study the book of Romans there are a lot of things that I know that I've, I've shared with you when I was sharing the message. Some, it may um, be, be difficult to, to understand. And um, I was hoping and believing that if you were now to go and study it with what you now understand, with what you have, there will be so much revelation. There will be so much understanding. You will not get to begin to understand certain things in Christ and and you you now able to um, make use of this grace in a way that it will, it will benefit you there's so much grace in the book of Romans believe you me there's so much about grace there's so much there's so much and um, I believe that um, it really optimizes um, you know who God truly is and what he would have wanted for us to understand so if you've not done so just make make sure that you give yourself time in it between now and when we finish this month um of the fullness of grace just go back into it study it open up your spirit and um, be able to um you know um study with a purpose to understand and let it minister to you in your current situation and uh, whatever it is you may be facing. Here's some key ways that you need to take. I think it will be um, helpful to you without necessarily going into each and every chapter. Some key ways that you need to take off. The first one is sin, which we spoke largely about and I have um, shared so much in that uh, concept that I don't think now there's any doubt in your mind what it is and what is grace, what is it that grace has come to do in relation to sin. So it is sin, death, life, law, grace itself, righteousness, salvation, you, you hear often about faith, faith. There's so much about hope. There's so much to do with love as well. And service. Those, if you read from the beginning, from the very first chapter to the last um, chapter, are the things that I believe you get to understand and receive such wisdom and, and understanding in a manner that um, you'll be able to um, 
make the necessary progress. There shouldn't be any contradiction, you know, in the scriptures. Yes, you may receive a new revelation. You may have read the one scripture uh, before and the, the Holy Spirit spoke to you in a particular area and you go back to it again today, chances are you get to hear a, a new revelation. You get to receive something new, something different. And that way you are progressive. There is uh, an improvement. And that is what you ought to always look forward to. But if you still have some questions, when we do the announcement, I think it's very important. I'll give you a number which you can uh, send your questions, especially in relation to the theme of the month and maybe the things that you have from the pulpit which you don't have an opportunity to ask a question when you're sitting there now. So it is better that you ask a question and uh, we can be able to respond to you. We are able to explain things uh, to you properly. That is, that is our responsibility. That is, that is why we're here. That is what, what we're here to do, to simplify the Word of God, to make it as plain and simple and straightforward to understand so that you do not leave here with more questions than your hand when you came in. So we'll give you a platform um, on, on WhatsApp or Facebook where you can raise your questions Believe you me, it will not be anything that is personal. Um, if you choose not to give your name, you don't have to. You know, it's not about us and, um, 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 preaching about you um, than helping you um, in your situation today. Talking to you in a manner that you understand. That is what it's all about. It's not about us condemning anybody. We're not here to condemn anyone. We're not here to judge anyone. And if at all you felt um, you know, somehow you were you know, offended uh, in any way, you will pardon us. Um, um, it is not our intention. And um, um, we, we truly apologize to you if um, um, anyone it may not be my son. You know, oftentimes you hear um, so-and-so is no longer coming to church and you ask, oh, what happened? And they say that, oh, so-and-so didn't speak to me uh, nicely. Or somebody said, um, and, and that is not really good. If anything, you don't want to be the reason why anyone will suddenly decide to leave church because of what you've said. Or what you've done. If anything, we want to we want to um, um, help as many people. Um, you know, bring about as many souls in the house of God. We have them grow in the word of God, in understanding. You know, um, and, and spiritually, 
and numerically, financially, and otherwise. We want to see to it that when you're here, there is a real change, a visible change that is taking place in your life. And you yourself have such excellent testimonies that you're able to share with others. And over and about that, we will have a Bible study session as well. Because of the restrictions that we have now, we might have to do that online. So we'll give you the details um, that you can use to connect and, and, and participate. Because in those sessions, you're able to um, engage and also raise questions on the scriptures you know, in, in, in the specific areas. So we want to give you an opportunity to be able to make use um, of um, the platforms that are available to us and the resources that we have available to be able to um, give every one of you an opportunity to be involved in the work that we are doing as, as a ministry. It is my desire that every one of you gets to be involved, be actively involved in the work of the ministry. Participate in what we're doing. You can imagine if the commitment and the passion that you know the choir has is what everyone, you know, how everyone feels and and um, we all get to um, 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 you know uh, take up our responsibilities you know seriously in the house of God in in whichever way that you can and um, find your space and your place in order for you to to be involved and um, do your part that is the um, title for the message this morning do your part no there is a very um, um, valid reason why it is so because even for grace to work for you and in your life you must be doing your part you have a role to play for grace to manifest in your life you have a responsibility yes it is an unmerited favor it is free it is freely given it is true but you have a responsibility yourself that is why it is not everyone who who is experiencing the fullness of this grace that is why it takes somebody to stand up and receive it if you choose not to nothing might happen and that is where you need to be very very careful yourself i believe that grace is given to each one of us for the common good in order for us to do good as he said to us in the previous week that we must be zealous of the good works of doing good it is given to us for a common good grace must flow to the next person the grace that you have received 
must also impact and influence the life of somebody else or the lives of others around you. It has to be liquid enough that it flows, it reaches the next person. It can, it can change um, somebody else's circumstances and you are able to uh, make use of it as such so that it doesn't become a struggle for you to do something for somebody. You don't have to, you don't have to um, uh, uh, think that, you know, you are giving away too much. It's not, it's not, it's not God's intention that you give and you end up yourself suffering or having nothing. The reason he wants you to give is so that you receive. And in receiving, you're able to continue to do more by his grace, not by your own ability. And that is where the difference is. That even when you're thinking of doing it yourself, you know that it is because of his grace. It is because of his grace. Your service in the house of God is a measure of how much grace you've received. How much you serve God says a lot about the grace that you have received yourself. How much you serve God, it says a lot about you as a person and the grace that you have received. How convinced are you are you at a point where you are willing to can just let go of everything and let God in and allow him to be in charge of your life? Allow him to be in charge of your affairs. Are there still no go areas in your life? Are there areas that when you think of you, you're thinking that maybe God is asking too much here. Maybe this is just, maybe this, this, this is not the area that I you know, you are as prepared or ready to be able to allow him to be God. You, you, cannot, you cannot be saying that he is the God of your life, you know, he is the God of your life, and you still, you know, um, um, you know when it comes to your um, finances, you, 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 uh, you resist him, or you try and, uh, and create this barrier that he can be the God of everything else except my money. That will not help you. It will not help you in your situation. You want him to be God in your life. You want him to, to take charge of your, of, your, of your circumstances, of your situation, your finances, your marriage, your thoughts, your plans, your ideas, everything that you're doing. It ought to be testifying to who God is. So you have a responsibility to do your part. Romans 16 verse 9 says that, For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Praise God. He says here, 
your obedience has become known to all. Is that your testimony? That your obedience has become known to all. Is your faith known among your own siblings? Is your faith known among your own family, in your community, and in your own, your own, within your own sphere of contact? Is it something that others are able to look at and be able to say that that man or that woman is really a man or a woman of the spirit? Then says he, therefore I am glad on your behalf. I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good. I want you to be wise in what is good. Be wise. Choose to be wise. Choose God. When you hear us often saying that you need to study the word of God, it is because that is where you will find the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, God's word is his wisdom. There's no other better wisdom that you find anywhere else that is better than, than the word of God. The scriptures that you're hearing every day. The Bible says that wisdom is a principal thing. It says, therefore, you must get wisdom. You get it. It's your responsibility. It says, therefore, get wisdom. And in all thy getting, you must get understanding. You need to be very certain and go after it with everything. I want you to be wise in what is good. Be wise and, 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 and always choose right. Do the right thing. Many times, even in our individual lives, we're always confronted with such an opportunity to be able to choose and be able to do right. You must be simple. It says, concerning evil. Be simple. Sometimes you, you, want, to just, you want to just, you know, um, uh, be a fool for God. If, if that is what others are saying when they look at you and they see how much time you're spending praying, how much time you're spending in the presence of God and, and how much time that you're spending, you know, giving to God and doing everything that you're doing for God and they look at you and they think that, ah, oh, no, no, she's, she's, she's a fool or he's a fool. Now, let it be. I'd rather be a fool for God than being wise in the eyes of men. If I have to be a fool for God and, and I, 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 I'm doing things that, that I so much believe, I have this, this conviction in my spirit that this is what God wants me to be doing at any given time. I need not be worried of doing good. Bible says in due season, I shall reap such great reward. I know that for a fact that in due season, I am going to reap such great reward. The Bible says he has already made us rich doesn't say that he's going to make us rich. He doesn't say that he's about you. He has already. He says ye are already rich in every in every aspect and every area of your life. That is that that ought to always be a mentality. So you're giving, you know, you're not doing it because you're trying to, you know, you're trying to, you know, um, uh, make God to be God. He's already God. 
The Bible says, he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that is the reward of them that diligently seek him. You believe that he is. Go to him already believing that he is. In him there is no variable. You don't want to look at God and, and, and find him looking any different to who God is. God is God. And that is what you must know. And have that understanding and have that conviction in your spirit. That he must always increase and I must decrease. You must always, you must always increase. You must always do anything and everything that you're doing with that understanding in mind and being able to glorify God with your life, glorify God with your substance, with your resources and everything that you are. Any one of us has received such a gift. Um, the reference to a scripture that Dickens has uh, mentioned to you, let me read you in First uh, Corinthians chapter number 12 because that is very important for us to understand and be able to do your part be able to play your role there are things that you can be sure that there's nobody that is going to do them for you in this life until and unless such time that you stand up yourself and do them yourself every one of us has received a gift from God it is very important to understand that the grace that you have received also will determine the gifts that you operate in that you find yourself operating in the grace that you have received how much of this grace you have received it's a enabler it's a catalyst it will it will it will it will bring something that even yourself may not even be aware of you may not be knowing that God has given you a ministry of healing or a ministry of harms, a ministry of prophecy. You may not be knowing, but grace will let it out. It will happen. It will, it will, it will come out. It will, it will not have to be you struggling and trying to, you know, as Dickens have said, many times, many people are, are, are striving. You know, everybody wants to be a prophet. But what about all these other gifts? How about all these other gifts? If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, reading from verse number 4, there are diversities of gifts by the same Spirit. There are diversities of gifts. Even when you're sitting here now, the Holy Spirit is here at this time, distributing as you will. Gifts, there are gifts that when you live here, you must live, you must be overwhelmed. You must, you must feel that you, you've, you've now, you've now, You've not, you've not carried so much than you would have expected yourself. You need just to open up your spirit and your understanding and be able to receive such gifts. He says here, there are diversities of gifts. There's various kinds of gifts. But the same spirit. There are differences of ministries. But the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. But it is the same God who works all in all. It is the same God who works all in all. In every one of us. It is the same God. It is the same spirit. It is the same God, he says. He says here, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the spirit, he says, 
It is given to each one of us for the profit of all. That is why I was saying to you that the grace that you have received is for a common good. It's for everyone, every, every single individual that you come in contact with must know about this grace. They must hear about this grace. They must receive from this grace. They must partake from this grace. They must benefit from this grace. They must be able to enjoy the very grace that you have received yourself and get to lead such a godly life, a life of holiness that is complete and they find themselves not lacking anything because of this very grace that you have received yourself. The manifestation of the Spirit, the Bible says that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the same Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Now many people don't even understand that even faith is a gift. Not all men believe. Not everyone has faith. And that is why in as much as God has dealt with each one of us a measure of faith, you still have a responsibility to increase, to grow, to find yourself having so much faith that you are unmovable. Get to a point where anything and everything that you do, you know it is by faith. It is because of this grace that you know that you have received by faith. You know, you know it in your heart that you have received it by faith. It is something that you possess. It is something that you own. So understand such and be able to get to a point where you are able to use the very faith that you have to bring about the things that you're looking forward to from God because there is grace that is already available. He says to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. It is very important for you to understand these things. Then he says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And that is what you need to always be mindful of and take advantage of what you have received and be able to use it in a manner that will not only benefit you, but it also benefits those around you. You need to strive to excel in those gifts that builds the church. That is what the Bible says to us. It is very important for you to always have that in mind and be be very um, um, you know um, make such a conscious decision to be able to say that I am going to use the gifts that I have received in order to edify or to build the church. If you read in First Corinthians fourteen, verse number twelve, he says, "Even so, you, since you are zealous." For spiritual gifts let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel he says even so since you are zealous for spiritual gifts let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel 
you must seek to excel in those gifts that builds the church that builds others seek to excel in them it is it is your responsibility you must seek to excel you you want to excel in good things you want to excel in those things that you know that these are the things that are that are building the church that are going to help you to to build others to change somebody else's life that is why in ephesians 4 verse 11 he says that he has made some apostles some prophets some evangelists pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ until we all come to the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the son of god and to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ to the measure the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ so that we no longer be as children who are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine he says he says we should no longer be as children who are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men by the trickery of men and 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 the cunningness of of the deceitful plotting of men that will mislead and misdirected you and take your attention away from God. You need to always be so very alert spiritually. It, it is your responsibility. It says, but we speak the truth in love. We ourselves, we have a responsibility to speak the truth in love. Be able to say that which is true with love having somebody to see and experience the word of god so that you may grow in all things into him who's the head of the church christ jesus himself he says every one of us we are members of this very same body knitted together by every job that we knitted together we we form one body each one of us has its own function and its own responsibility. What the fingers have to do, they will not do without the arm. But the arm, the head will not work without the elbow and the joint that supplies the needs that the hand has itself. The needs that it has to function, to do what it's supposed to do. That needs it to be, to be connected to the whole body in order for it to stay alive. That is why it is your responsibility to make sure that you remain connected to him as your only true source he is the vine and he are the branches you want to remain connected to this to this to this vine you 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 cannot afford without him you you are nothing you can do nothing he says you cannot live by your own self you cannot you cannot you cannot do things by your own ability and find yourself still being able to achieve the very things that god has has called you to do so make make up your mind that i'm going to do my part i am very much a part of this body the body of christ 
I have a responsibility myself in the hands of God. I have a role that I need to fulfill myself. There is, there's a reason for my, for my existence. There, there's a reason why God has brought me to this place. Be able to find your place in him and say that indeed I am bearing fruits. He called you. He chose you. He says he chose you that you bear fruits and your fruits are remain. You're not going to bear fruits if you're disconnected from the vine itself. You're not going to find yourself bearing fruits if you disconnect yourself from his grace. If you find, if you try and find yourself, you know, try and do things by your own self, it will always be a struggle. But when you know that, oh no, he, he, has, he has given us such special grace. That he came, that he brought about such grace that even if you, even if you don't know anything about what it is, you ought to just look forward to getting to receive something from him. That is what will help you. And you call on him. You call on his name. What comes to mind when you're calling on him? What comes? Are you expecting a man to come down here and stand in front of Oh, here I am, my child. Here's the money you need. Or say something. You Even if you're praying and suddenly you hear such a big voice. You know, oh, my child, I have received your prayers. I'm here to, to give you the gifts you wanted. You're not going to. You'll even run away from those gifts. Because now you are not even expecting to hear that voice. But know that there is grace that will bring such gifts upon your mind and help you, even grant you the ability to make them manifest. You don't have to do it by your own son. Not only that he gives you the gifts, he's able to equip you. Be better equipped that you function and work in these gifts and be able to enjoy the benefits that comes with these gifts. So it is that important for you. Understand that there is something that you yourself ought to be doing and be consistent in doing so and let it be your personal responsibility and understand that he has entrusted you with such a responsibility you need to stand in this grace let's go back to romans chapter number five i'll read it just from verses one to verse number five it is very important for you to make up your mind that you 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 stand on this grace you stand in it you 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 be you 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 be deeply rooted in him you you be unmovable you you can you're so very aware and conscious of his presence in your life so that is what you need to learn to understand and make use of in your life today in in verse number one it says here therefore having been justified by faith we have peace with god through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. Are you at peace in your life? Because with this grace comes everything. It's a full package. You have to enjoy so much peace. You have to find yourself being, you know, um, you know always at, 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 at peace. Having so much joy and, and, and excitement and, and, and being happy in this. You cannot function under this grace and you don't, you, 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 you don't have peace in your spirit. It shouldn't be. It is not possible. Not when you know that there is such thing as grace. So that is the one thing that you need to now also be looking forward to. That there is so much peace in your spirit. There's so much peace 
There is quietness in your spirit. There is calmness. It's not chaos. You, you are so very, you know, it doesn't matter what is, what is happening around you. There's so much peace. Let there, let there be so much peace in your mind. It says, peace I give unto you. My peace give I unto you. Not as the world gives. But it gives unto us the peace that surpasses any understanding. The peace that is beyond human understanding. People will not understand how you've just heard about something that is that bad. Yet you're so much at peace. How is it that you're managing? Yet there seems to be so much that is going on, that is going wrong around your Zion. Bible says you keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. You know, a stay is an anchor. When you stay, it's a very small component of a of a huge vessel or a ship. An anchor holds the ground and keeps it steady. It says you keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. It is not just about you focusing your mind today on him and you take it elsewhere tomorrow. It is stayed on him. It is anchored on him. You anchor your Zion on him and be remain there, be steady and, and stay focused. You stay in place in your, in your position. You're not going to find your Zion being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. It is your responsibility. He says here, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Through whom also, he says, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. He says you have access. What would you do when you've come to know that you have the right combination of the key? You stop knocking on the door that you know all you need to do is to put the key in and open the door. You stop, you stop, you stop complaining to God and, and demanding or asking things from God that He already says here that we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, he says it doesn't end there. But we also glory in tribulations. That is what he says here. He says we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Your faith will always triumph where there is trouble. If it is not challenged, you may not get to know how much faith and how much grace that you have received. It is saying here that we also must glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, it produces character, and the character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. If you had hope on something, and you're now saying that you have been disappointed, maybe it was not really hope. Maybe it was a wish. Maybe it was something that you just wanted to, you know, try and convince yourself. Because the Bible says, hope does not disappoint. Never disappoint. It has never disappointed anyone. It will not disappoint you today. 
It will never disappoint you tomorrow. You need to have such hope. You need to have such grace is there to, to help you keep that hope alive. Keep your hope alive. Be able to stand on this grace. He says here, hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Know it in your heart and be able to keep your hope alive. Be able to stay your mind on him so that you do not find yourself being disappointed. Because many a times people are disappointing themselves or find themselves being disappointed in one thing or the other and they now start trying to convince themselves that no maybe maybe they didn't hear properly or maybe maybe it's their own thinking maybe it's not what god has really said and they try and find every reason to try and convince themselves otherwise and that is not what is desired for you you need not get to a point where you can never be disappointed in god god will never disappoint anyone he will never let you down. You can always depend on him. He's not a man who lies. He has a listening ear. His hand is not shortened that he cannot reach. What God says he will do, he has already done. What he has promised, his answers are yes and amen for you. He has already done it for you. And this is what you need to understand so that even your suffering is for his glory you may think that oh but i'm going through so much so much so much trouble now but the bible just told us that tribulations ought to bring about perseverance it is building a character in you there's something that god is doing even in the midst of that challenge or a difficulty that you may be facing today he says in romans 8 from verse 18. Oh, this is this is just beautiful. He says here, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy compared to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Can you did you did you hear that? Is is the sufferings of this present time? are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It is not worth even paying attention to. It is not worth your one. It is not worth your effort or, or you having to now find yourself focusing so much on those times or tribulations or whatever it is that you are going through today. Then he says here, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The earnest expectation of the creation, he says, it eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. We are the sons of God. We are the children of God. We we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
It says the earnest expectation of the creation. It eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. And you read in verse 24, he says, See, for we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? He says, hope that is seen is not hope. Why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Patience is a virtue. He says you must eagerly wait for it with perseverance. You need to persevere. You need to insist. You need, you need, to, you, you need, to, you need to make it a point that at no time that you find yourself giving up on this hope. You don't want to find yourself being distracted or losing focus or missing out on something that God has promised because you were not patient enough or you didn't give yourself time to, to, just, to just pay careful attention and be able to persevere, be able to insist, be able to persist. Now, truth is, the more challenges there are, the more grace is available. The more challenges there are, the more grace is available. The more God continues to increase the grace that is upon your land. He is not unjust that you forget your labor of love. You will not find yourself going through such temptations that God has not given you a solution or an answer. There's no there's no challenge. There's no there's no uh, there's nothing new that you invent that it has not been seen before. So there's no uniqueness of your challenge. So in every challenge that you may see, there's already been a, a provision, an answer to it. It is there. It is there. Sometimes even inside the very challenge that it presents such a great opportunity for you to now rise above such a challenge. No wonder he says that do not rejoice over me, my enemy, for I shall rise again. It is not the end of me. You've not seen nothing yet. He's only just started. The enemy might be rejoicing. He might be celebrating. He might be thinking that he has won this round, but he's not won the battle. He says that you need not rejoice over me, my enemy, for I will rise again. I will rise again. That is what God is saying to you today. That even in your situation today, He says that you will rise again. It may seem as though you're down, but it is not the end of you. It is not the end of you. That is what you need to understand. That is what you need to always be mindful of. So that you're more than ready and willing and expectant and looking forward to seeing God and experiencing God in a much in a much greater measure all the time. In a different, in a from a different dimension. 
He's always there. He's always waiting and expecting just to hear your voice. All you need to do is to call on him. It's just to call on his name. You need to bring forth. You can call on his name today and he will hear you. He will answer you. He will bring even more buckets full of grace in order for you to can experience God. Much of this grace. He says we have this treasure in heaven vessels that the excellency of the power is his maybe of God and not of us. Even though we seem to be hard pressed on every side he says we are not crushed. We may be perplexed but we are not in despair he says. We may be persecuted he says but we are not forsaken. God will never forsake you. He says you may be persecuted but you are not forsaken. You may be struck down he says but you can never be destroyed. He says you can never be destroyed. He says we are always carrying about in our own bodies, in our own bodies, the life of Jesus Christ himself. That this life may be made manifest in us. It may be made manifest in us. Let it manifest in your situation today. Let it manifest in your marriage today. Let it manifest in your finances today. Let it be seen manifesting in your health. Let it be seen manifesting in your business and in your job. He says, though, therefore, we do not lose heart, he says. Even though our outward man is perishing, he says our inward man is being renewed day by day. Our inward man is being renewed day by day. Our light affliction, he says it is but for a moment. It works in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It is but for a moment. It is but for a moment. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. Because the things which are seen, they are temporary, he says. Those that are unseen, those are things that are eternal. The things that are unseen, those are things that are eternal. Those are things that are eternal. We walk by faith and not by sensory perception. He says they just shall live by faith. Live by faith. Do everything that you do by faith. Be able to say that I am what I am today because of this grace. I am what I am today because of the grace of God that is at work in my life. Let it be seen, manifest in your personal life today. Let it be seen working for you. Let it be seen working for your family. Let it be seen working for your own children. Let it be seen working for your children's children and bring about such a lasting change that you leave such a lasting legacy in your life today. In your life today, be able to leave such a legacy because of this grace. He says, your son shall never go down, neither shall your moon re re remove itself from you, but your God will be your light. The God that you serve will be your light under every circumstances. Be able to see God in everything that you do. Be that beacon of hope in your community. Be that point of reference in everything that you're doing. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive such special grace. Receive such increasing grace. Receive such abundant of grace. Be able to be the one who is the guide to those who are blind. Be able to bring those who are in the darkness into his marvelous light. 
bring as many people who are out there in the darkness into his marvelous light. Those who are discouraged and discontent, be able to give them hope with the word of God that you have received. The grace that you have received, he says, it is sufficient enough for you. The grace that you have received is sufficient enough for you. It is sufficient for your finances. It is sufficient in your trials. It is sufficient in your tribulations. It is sufficient even in your sicknesses. Where you are going through such trials and tribulations, he says the grace that I have given you is sufficient enough for you. Be able to stand in this grace. Be able to use this grace in your life today. Be able to bring about such a change and improvement in your personal situation. Lift your hands toward heaven and thank God for the grace that he has made available for you. Just say, Lord, thank you for this special grace that is manifesting in my heart. Thank you for this special grace that is available for my family. Thank you for the special grace that is available in my work, that is available for my business, that I'm able to do all things because of this grace. Thank you, Lord, for the abundance of grace that is freely available for every one of us, that we continue to experience the fullness of grace in this month and beyond, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, I bless every individual who's here, that they're able to receive this word in their spirit, They'll be able to, to personalize and internalize your word and walk in it every single day such that it brings forth such excellent results. They continue to excel, Father God, in the gifts that are edifying the church. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for the gifts of the Spirit that you have released upon each one of us. We live here, Father God, being full, being overflowing in our spirit, being overwhelmed with this grace. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you for honoring us, for purifying our lives, for magnifying us. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.